Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. That means your priorities are Vanguard's too. So whether you're planning for retirement or trying to save up for your next big adventure, Vanguard will work alongside you to set personalized investment goals. That's the value of ownership. All investing is subject to risk. Vanguard is owned by its funds, which are owned by Vanguard's fund shareholder clients. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor. Welcome to the Soccer Pub edition of Bet the Edge, the weekly thing that we do around the Premier League. I'm Jay Croucher and I'm joined by Harry Simeu today of Talk Sport, BBC, various other enterprises. Thanks again for joining, uh, Harry. Uh, I got to say, when we spoke a couple months ago, for us Arsenal fans, probably in a better state when uh, we were winning the league and we're the odds-on favourite, a um, little, little bit of a decline since then, but... Do you think that Arsenal fans overall they treat the season as the success that it you know objectively has been, or has the end of the season really taken the gloss off? I think that at the moment the fee- the, the major feeling is disappointment, and I think it's impossible to avoid that. You know, when you're, you're top of the league for as long as Arsenal were, and you know you're in that position for the first time in the best part of two decades where you could go on and win the league, it's it's a real realistic thing to end up. Without it is obviously disappointing. But I think when the dust settles a little bit, when the season is done, obviously there's one more game to go and the attention turns to kind of, you know, reflecting back on on what we've achieved this season and looking beyond that with regards to what Arsenal maybe need to do in the transfer market. I think most people will look at it as a success. It's not easy to feel that way right now because the disappointment is still quite raw. Uh, but I certainly think it was a successful season. It was all about progress for me. Um, and progress was getting back in the Champions League. Arsenal have done that with loads to spare and uh, and have managed to push a very, very good Manchester City side who could still go on and win the treble, which has only been done once before. Um, you know, they've managed to push them all the way, which suggests that this Arsenal side have, have come on leaps and bounds over the last 12 months. Yeah, and this last match to finish off the season, home to Wolves, Arsenal are minus 275 favourites, so threes on effectively. Do you think that they they do end the season on a high note or do you think that this little slump continues? I think the Forest game was the first time they really kind of let go of the rope. I know they lost 3-0 to Brighton, but I don't think that they played that badly. But the Forest game, it felt like they could have played for hours and not scored. So uh, what do you think they do against Wolves? Yeah, I think Arsenal probably will uh, go out with a, a bit of a high beating Wolverhampton Wanderers. I expect them to. Wolves are a side that haven't played anywhere near what they're capable of this season. Yulan Lopetegui came in and kind of stabilised the ship a little bit, made sure that they steered clear of relegation. Um, but unlike the Forest game, this is not a game in which our opposition have a lot to fight for. You know, Nottingham Forest were desperate to secure Premier League status and they had that extra bit of motivation. I thought Mikel Arteta's team selection against Nottingham Forest was a little bit strange as well. He tried something new. It didn't really work. 
Um, obviously, we're without Gabriel Martinelli, who's been a real big goal threat. But I think at home in front of the Arsenal fans on the final game of the season, which gives the fans the opportunity as well to show their appreciation to the players when they do the post-match lap of appreciation, etc., which is tradition on the final day of the season. I think the mood will be... Not a happy one because of what could have been, but it will certainly be one of, you know, let's make sure that we get this message across to the players and the manager that we appreciate what they've done. So I think Arsenal's superior quality plus the atmosphere I expect on Sunday should see Arsenal get over the line. Yeah, and you mentioned Arteta's team selection against Forrest. I think the most, the strangest thing was playing Kivior at fullback, Kieran Tierney on the bench. I mean, Kieran Tierney was a big part of this team last year in stretches. Like, what do you think his future is at the club? It, it pains me to say it because I really like Kieran Tierney. I think he's been a, a wonderful addition. The only kind of black mark that you would put against his name would be the injury record. He's really struggled with injuries throughout his time at Arsenal, although that's been better this season. But I just think the team has tactically evolved past Kieran Tierney. We clearly like to play with the inverted fullbacks. That's not something that he is particularly comfortable in doing. He's tried to adapt to that role, but he just don't do it in the same way and, and hasn't been able to do it um, in the same way as, as Sinchenko has, who's helped Arsenal in their progress. So it's not that Tierney's a bad player, but I do think it's very likely, actually, that he'll leave the club this summer. And Arsenal will see him as a very sellable asset. And they may need to do a bit of that to fund some of these deals that they're being linked with doing uh, over the course of the next couple of months. Yeah, and I think the defence is one area where they do have a little bit of depth now, particularly what Kivio has shown at the end of the season. Uh, last one on Arsenal. They are 9-1 to one to win the title next season. Same odds as Liverpool, second favourites behind Man City, uh, who are minus 175. So bookies think that they are about a close to a 70% chance to win the title uh, next season as well, which is a little bit grim, um, but that's how it is. What's the major area you think Arsenal need to upgrade? Is it the midfield? I think midfield for me is the big concern. And I think with regards to the rest of the team, it's, it's just about providing cover for certain players. You know, Arsenal have been badly hurt by the injury to William Saliba at the back end of the season. Maybe had Jakub Kivior been in a little bit longer, there wouldn't have been that reluctance on Mikel Arteta's part to throw him into to the mix ahead of Rob Holding. I do think that stretch where we were still trying to work out what to do in Saliba's absence was a really costly one. So I think midfield is the standout area for me, particularly if Granite Jack is going to leave, which is being heavily talked about at the moment. Um, but they, they certainly still need to reinforce at the back. And I believe in the attacking positions as well, because I think uh, Bakayo Saka suffered from a bit of burnout at the back end of the season. I think even when Gabriel Jesus is not playing great, there isn't really that faith in Eddie Nketiah to come in and do the same level of job. So I think what they could do is strengthening throughout the squad and with the demands of Champions League football, as well as competing in the Premier League and the domestic cups next season, uh, Arsenal really do need to do some business this summer. I expect them to, but I think they, they're going to have to be very, very active. Yeah. And on Thomas Partey, I think a couple of months ago, I would have said that he was just about Arsenal's best and most important player. And he really tailed off towards the end of the season to the point where it wasn't a question of whether he was Arsenal's best players. It was a question of whether he should be playing in the, uh, in the 11. What do you think happened to Partey? And do you think he turns it around next season? I think on an individual level, his form dropped dramatically. There's no, there's no getting away from that. There's no dancing around it. Um, he's his decision making let him down at some really key moments. 
um, which was is unusual for Thomas Partey. He's one of the more experienced players, particularly when it comes to shutting out games. You know, he played at Atletico Madrid under Diego Simeone, who's the king of that. And you'd have thought there would have been a little bit more uh, sort of know-how in certain moments, particularly away at West Ham. I thought yeah. he, was, he made a really silly decision to lose the ball, which essentially got West Ham back into the game. Uh, he made a mistake against Southampton, which led to the corner from which they scored their second, which ultimately killed Arsenal. So I, I think he's he's made a lot of mistakes at the back end of last season of this season, sorry. But I don't think you can underestimate the impact William Saliba's absence has had on him. He's felt that he's needed to cover a bigger area. He hasn't got his centre half within seven to ten yards of him as Arsenal look to squeeze up the pitch. There's been that gaping hole, and I think he's been exposed there. So I'm not really concerned about next season with Thomas Partey. And again, it comes back to squad depth. If you've got the depth to be able to take him out the firing line and put someone like Jorginho in, that helps because you can then manage players through those losses of form. Uh, but yeah, disappointing end to the season for him, but not to the point where I've got major concerns about his future. I still think he's good enough. And I agree with you earlier in the season, I'd have put him down as probably the most important player in the eleven. Yep, absolutely. And I mean... It wasn't quite Steven Gerrard's slip against Chelsea, but I think Arsenal fans will long remember that moment you mentioned where Partey, you know, just in front of his own goal, tries to flick it past Declan Rice, uh, West Ham and Dart, uh, and it was all kind of downhill from there. But speaking of Chelsea, uh, they play Man United today. Man U can lock up top four which they are basically unbackable favourites to do. They just need to get one result uh, in these last couple of games. Uh, they are heavy favourites against Chelsea, minus 160. Do you expect that they will lock it all up today? Or do you think Chelsea have anything left? Well, Manchester United only need a point to lock it up. So um, I don't see Chelsea getting all three at Old Trafford. Every week I've been waiting for this Chelsea side to, to click. You know, you keep looking at them and thinking there's so much talent in that group at some point. They have to come good. And it's just not happened. It's just not happened all season. Um, I expect this to be a really cagey game, actually. I wouldn't be surprised if there was uh, very few goals in this one and it, it turned out to be a bit of a bore fest because United need the point. Chelsea, at this point, just don't want any more humiliations. And, you know, I expect Frank Lampard to make lots of changes again. Um, I'm sure if indeed he is going to take over, Maurizio Pochettino will be looking from a distance, trying to make assessments and judgments of the players. I, th I think this is this is likely to be a, a dull and drab affair uh, in which Manchester United get what they need to secure Champions League football. Yeah, the uh, the nil all correct score is fifteen to one, which feels uh, feels pretty in play given that probably benefits both teams in a way. Uh, last one for you, Harry. Relegation, Southampton. We already know they are going down, uh, and then we've got some key games around that to decide who's going to join them. Uh, Leeds and Leicester are the two pretty heavy favourites, so Everton definitely not safe yet. They're plus 300, so market thinks they're about a 25% chance to go down. Do you ultimately think Everton are the team that stays safe? They should be. Um, they should be. You know, I can understand why the odds look the way they do. I think that makes perfect sense. My only thing with Everton is that they play against the Bournemouth side who they've got a dreadful record against of late. Yep. If you look at the last five Premier League meetings, I think Everton have only beaten them once. Bournemouth also beat them in the cup not too long ago as well, pretty convincingly. So on that basis, I wouldn't say that Everton beating Bournemouth is a foregone conclusion. But the question is, can Leicester and Leeds do what they need to do? 
Uh, Leicester play West Ham, I believe. Leeds United uh, are, of course, at home to Tottenham, who will be on holiday pretty much now. I don't think they want to qualify for the Europa <laughs> Conference League. So I wouldn't be surprised if you saw a, a sort of pretty weak performance from them. But I think it's going to be one of those days that, although I agree with the odds and I think Everton probably will survive, I think it could be a day where we see it changing as the 90 minutes goes on. So this is one to keep an eye on. And, and particularly if you like um, the in-play stuff, then you might want to uh, you might want to keep across this situation. Yeah, and I think it's made, there's a lot more kind of variance in it because you don't know these teams' motivations. Like West Ham, they're looking forward to their Europa Conference League final against Fiorentina, Tottenham as well. Do they even want to play in that that competition next year, to your point? Uh, and then Bournemouth are a bit of a wild card. So, uh, yeah, I suspect it'll be pretty stressful for all three of those teams. Uh, Harry, thank you so much for joining us. Sorry we couldn't be talking about uh, better things, very Arsenal, but at the same time, Phenomenal season. There'll be Champions League football uh, at the Emirates for the first time in a while. Um, obviously, there was the amazing run of just top four every single year under Wenger for so long. Uh, and so they'll be back in the Champions League, which is good news. Uh, and I know you'll be covering all of that next season. Can you tell people uh, what you're working on at the moment and where to follow you? Yeah, you can find me mainly on Twitter at Harry Simeon. If you follow me there, you'll you'll keep across all the different work I do. But yeah, you can catch me on the Chronicles of Aguna podcast, which is an Arsenal-based podcast, on the 90 Min channels on TalkSport 2, um, on BBC Radio London, pretty much everywhere uh, in terms of the Arsenal chat. It's been a really busy, hectic season. I'm actually looking forward to it, just calming down a little bit for a couple of months. But yeah, give me a follow on Twitter and from there uh, you'll be able to uh, keep across my work. And and thank you, uh, as always, for having me. Yep, absolutely, Harry. We'll always have the Reese Nelson goal uh, and uh, a lot of other great moments this season. Appreciate your time, Harry, and look forward to speaking to you soon. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. That means your priorities are Vanguard's too. So whether you're planning for retirement or trying to save up for your next big adventure... Vanguard will work alongside you to set personalized investment goals. That's the value of ownership. All investing is subject to risk. Vanguard is owned by its funds, which are owned by Vanguard's fund shareholder clients. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor. For the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. I have never seen anything like this. How about that? An Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics. This summer on NBC and streaming on Peacock. All right. Before we bring in uh, Drew Dinsick and Brad Thomas, a reminder to download the RotoWorld app to receive breaking player news all season long. Stay ahead of the competition by favoriting players on your roster. Get the latest injury updates. Player news and much more delivered right to your phone. It's available in the App Store today. All right, let's bring in Drew Dinsick, Brad Thomas, give our best bets uh, of the weekend. Start with you, Brad. What do you got? Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and go to Leeds versus Tottenham. I'm going to back over three goals. Uh, It's around minus 120. If you don't have that available, take both teams to score and over two and a half goals is totally fine with me here. Um, Leeds need a win. 
uh, a win guarantees that they're going to to stay up. When you bring in Big Sam, when you bring in Sam Allardyce, you bring him in to win this match. My problem with them is when they open up, anytime they've opened up, they've conceded goals. On the other side of the pitch, Tottenham on the road have conceded goals, conceded goals early. I think we see a slugfest here. Both of these teams have attacking prowess. It's crazy to say that, but in Somerville, Nanto, Patrick Bamford's even healthy for leads. And on the other side of the ball, everyone knows Harry Kane. Son's playing good football. Kulisevsky is actually getting balls into the box to Harry Kane. So I think we see a lot of goals in this match. It's going to be open. Tottenham are terrible on the road, like I said. And Leeds, I just don't believe in Leeds defensively. Even if they need to win, I think it's going to be a slugfest. They're going to have to get a bunch of goals to do it. Yep. No, I think this is uh, this is going to be a weird game. Uh, I could see it being 4-3 uh, either way. And uh, my best bet of the week is actually I'm going with Tottenham on the money line. Oh. I think the lead team has been very uninspiring. Yep. Allardyce. I'm not sure he should be managing in the Premier League at this point. Uh, and this Tottenham team, as blah as they've been uh, and uninspiring as their season has been, at the same time, I thought they played relatively well against Brentford, even though they lost 3-1 at home. They could have been up 4-0 at halftime. They just didn't take their chances. Uh, I thought that they played relatively well against Aston Villa and just just constantly offside by half a yard, um, which killed off so many chances. And also, following on from the discussion with Harry, I don't think Tottenham want to win this game and get into the Europa Conference League, so it would be very Tottenham to go out and win the game. Uh, so <laughs> that is basically where I'm at with this one. Uh, Tottenham are plus 138. They still just have so much more talent than a Leeds team, which is in a little bit of disarray. So I will take Tottenham on the money line. Drew Dinsick, uh, riding hot with your bet. Man City to nil. We get the healthy. They didn't even need the game in the end. After a while. They still got it done. Uh, yeah. so follow-up act. Yeah, the uh, market puked on me on that one. <laughs> you see, after uh, after after uh, Arsenal bottled it uh, on what was it Saturday, uh, the result didn't matter, and they still came out and gave a full heart perform like our Boston Celtics will do tonight, hopefully. Um, but the uh, no, this is a tough one. I you know, I would like to finish the season on a uh, on a nice warm stretch here, but. Um, this is a tough slate, as you guys have eloquently broken down. Um, I'm going to get go to another weird one, which is uh, a game that really doesn't matter uh, that much. Aston Villa versus Brighton. I know Aston Villa could get caught by Tottenham, but uh, Brighton have locked in the uh, six seed, you know, the uh, top six in the table with their uh, draw against Man City a couple days ago. Uh, and I think realistically, this is going to be a pretty cagey match. I don't see um, you know Brighton really kind of going out there and laying down. Um, um, and actually, a, a funny little wrinkle. Uh, it has been 53 years since Brighton had a clean sheet uh, at, away at Aston Villa. Wow. Um, but I think that's in the cars potentially in this one as Villa, you know, realistically, a draw gets it done for them in terms of their ultimate goals. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, you know, Tottenham, uh, maybe they win. <laughs> maybe Jay's right. Leeds is pretty pathetic. Um, but at the same time, uh, you know, I think realistically we're, we're going to see a lot of draws, a lot of low scoring matches across the entire Premier League this weekend. Uh, there is, you know, some sentiment that teams are, you know, the home teams are the sides, excuse me, at least the way that the, the betting market is reacting to uh, these final, you know, these closing matches. But 
I think Brighton realistically could get a zero zero draw. I think they could uh, figure out their way to uh, keeping Aston Villa into the one or two goals. If, uh, if not uh, outright uh, pulling off, uh, you know, the impossible and, and getting a clean sheet in Aston Villa. So my favorite way to bet this match is going to be under two and a half goals. Ultimately, I think a uh, uh, fair price on this one should be 2.25. So two and a half at plus plus one forty uh, to me looks like a very fair bet. Yep, I like it. So you said 53 years since it's been done uh, in the West Midlands. So the do factor is very, very the high. The do yeah. factor oh, is yeah. super high. Let's get so that 53-year streak beaten. Let's get the 0-1-50 NBA teams coming yes. back. 3-0 down beaten. Celtics and uh, nil all. That's, uh, that's the ticket. All right. Don't forget to check out NBCSportsEdge.com for more information to help you with your wages. Thanks again to Harry Simeon for joining. Thank you to Drew Ginsick and Brad Thomas. For myself, Jay Croucher, good luck with all your bets and we'll be back tomorrow. Cheers. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So... No, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. That means your priorities are Vanguard's too. So whether you're planning for retirement or trying to save up for your next big adventure, Vanguard will work alongside you to set personalized investment goals. That's the value of ownership. All investing is subject to risk. Vanguard is owned by its funds, which are owned by Vanguard's fund shareholder clients. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor.